Over the years, movies, video games, books, and TV shows have portrayed various levels of simulations of life. From the futuristic holodeck of Star Trek, to the visually and physically immersive virtual reality world known as the Oasis, from the 2018 major motion picture Ready Player One. The fantasy of spending time in a virtual world has captured the imagination of many. But today, we are not discussing simply visiting a simulated world like in those pieces of entertainment, but visiting the possibility that we unknowingly live in a world that is fabricated for our existence. In 1999, the movie The Matrix introduced the masses to the idea that we are all pawns in an artificial world tethered to our fake reality by ports located in our actual bodies in the real world. This path of the unknown is filled with questions that will not only leave you uncomfortable, but will have you questioning your literal place in the universe. Do we live in the quote-unquote real world? What would be the purpose of our world? What would be our purpose is this world less like that of the matrix and more like that of the sims are we living our own artificial lives or are we simply an avatar of somebody else's actions and desires sit back hang tight and get ready to question everything welcome back to infinite rabbit hole infinite rabbit hole everybody i'm jeremy i'm your host today and i have a a very special episode for you today today we're having one of our absolute biggest and longest running fans finally come on to the show i'll take most responsibility for the long wait but i can't take all of it i also have to pass it on to one of my co-hosts who is also joining us today jake Jake. oh (laughs) nope (laughs) it's jake Jake, what's uh, going on, dude? How you been? Uh, I've been good. I've been real good. I good. Uh, finished the motorcycle, finished the project. I've been riding it around. Been really hectic at my house. A lot of busy stuff going on, but I'm excited for this episode. It's been a long time coming. We've been blowing off this fan for a very long time, <laughs> and uh, it's not good. So I'm glad that we're finally getting to it. Yeah. Well, me too, man. Uh, I've been looking forward to this. You know, this was a subject that was originally brought up to our attention by him for our fan, first of fan appreciation episode. Yeah, like and, uh, 17 months ago. <laughs> like a long time ago. And uh, we purposely didn't do it then because that was an episode that was multiple subjects. Mm-hmm. And we, we were like, there's no way that this thing can just fit into a sliver of an episode. So... We're like, we got to, we got to save this. So we're, 
saving it for today for the most part. But we'll get into that here in a second. Let me get the rest of the the -hmm. student body in here real quick. We'll introduce the new kid first, Kenzar. Welcome. How are you today? I'm not too bad. How about you? Uh, You know, (laughs) just great. I went to my son's little birthday party today. That was a blast. I'll tell you, I love love hanging out with a bunch of kids. It's... It's fun, but yeah, well, good. Uh, and then there's Jeffrey, the crazy uh, conspiracy theorist guy, crazy conspiracy theory guy. Jeff, how you doing, man? What's up, bud? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, bud? Doing good. How's your beard? Uh, it's it's thick and voluptuous as always. Thank you for uh, asking. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Good, very, very good. Um, do you, either you guys have any updates for all the listeners? Um, I won the lottery. No, you didn't. I I did not. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're still here. Um, Well, we know that you would leave us in a heartbeat if you did. Absolutely not. I would actually build a really dank underground bunker with a studio in it and just move everybody out there and we would do this like even better. Really? No, you wouldn't. That sounds awesome. No, I totally wouldn't. I would. No, you wouldn't. And it would also be Hmm. my show. It'd be (laughs) buy you out. Be like, I'll offer you ten dollars. Be like, deal. Done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Jake, I'm gonna go ahead and pass this off to you, man. Uh this is this uh this guest is near and dear to your heart. He's near and dear to my heart too. Don't get me wrong. But you have special (laughs) interests here, so go ahead and introduce our guest for the night. Okay, so the easiest way to introduce our guest is to talk about how important he is to the show. So we've talked about this several times, and I can't stress it enough that he was our buffer for all the crap we were producing when we first uh, started this thing up. So he's my stepbrother, Grayson, and... When we were growing up, we kind of had we, – we tried out the YouTube thing, right? We were making movies and stuff, and we're using our dad's uh, Mac, I think, and using iMovie. And we were putting up these little videos on YouTube and stuff, and I, th- I don't think we – I think we only made like five of them or whatever, but we really enjoyed it. It was fun, right? We had a bunch of projects that we just never ended up releasing, and, and uh, so we kind of had a background in this whole how to make audio sound good thing adding music to stuff thing, you know, all that sort of stuff. So when Jeremy and I were both about to start actually putting out episodes, we, I don't know, maybe record like 10 of them of various degrees of suck that we gave to Grayson first. And he would give us these pointers on like what was good about it, what was bad about it, you know, and, and really just helping us to get to just a starting point because at first they were just, absolutely terrible so he was he literally is the oldest fan that we have i think grayson has listened to every single episode that we have and he'll have to tell you if that's if that's wrong but i think that he's the only person that continuously will listen to an episode and then give us pointers and say hey i like this i didn't like that and we use his input as a huge factor in building up the show so every time we make a change or nearly every time that we make a change to the podcast or we go in a different direction 
it's more than likely because of Grayson's input. Um, he's like the only person that we care about when it comes to like ratings and reviews and stuff. But I'm so happy to have him on. Like Jeremy was saying, we had our first fan appreciation episode and he broached uh, or, or made a comment on we should talk about simulation theory. And at the time, we didn't know nothing about simulation theory. And we really weren't in a good spot to branch out into that topic in any sort of meaningful way or any sort of way that would, you know, captivate the listener's attention and uh, not be a giant waste of time. So we put it a pin in it and we're like, we'll get back to it later. And unfortunately, later meant now, which is a crazy long time later, but we're happy to have him on. We're happy to give him this spot. and. Grayson, thank you so much for being here. Why don't you do your debut and introduce yourself to the fans? <laughs> well, hey, everybody. It's nice to finally be on. Um, yeah, you make it sound like I'm some grand architect or something, but I'm I'm just a guy that, uh, you know, just wanted to support my brother and his, his endeavors with Jeremy, who I've gotten to know a little bit. Um, it's been fun. It's been really cool to hear you guys grow and be whatever small part of that that I am. So, uh, no, it's good to finally be on, guys. I think it was our second episode, right? It was either our second or third episode. I think it was the one that we actually interviewed my buddy Mike about his Ruguru experience, mm -hmm. where I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for Jake to, to text or call me about Grayson's uh, feelings <laughs> yeah. about the episode. And I'm like, so what, what did he think? What do you think? And Jake was like, oh, he, th he thinks it fucking sucked. It was horrible. <laughs> like the, the, the audio was just absolutely trash. And I was like, well, we know that, but how was the rest of it? He's like, I don't know. He couldn't listen to the rest of it. He said, it's horrible. And I was like, Damn. <laughs> um, uh, but the very first episode, even that one that we joked about last week, um, let us introduce ourselves. The one that we had to remake last week. Um, you know, we joked a lot about how horrible it was and everything, but it was mostly horrible because of how awkward we were. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're not we're not necessarily awkward anymore. We just kind of get on the mic and, and chat, you know, just like we're having a conversation now. And he actually gave us really good feedback about it. He said that it was good. And if it wasn't for <laughs> Grayson's initial comments, good comments, I don't know, it would have been tough to continue because it was a lot of work and a lot of um i had to gather the balls to uh to put out more episodes because it's a, it a lot of work you know to get to get started and uh you know just wanted to say on air grayson thank you for for giving me the motivation and the um the critiques and stuff and uh everything worked out really good because i like where we're at now so thank you well, absolutely, of course, yeah. And I just want to clear the air that all of my feedback going through a Jacob filter is probably coming to you as, oh, yeah, everything sucked. You know, it was just the worst. <laughs> um, but I promise it was a little more, a little, a little more well thought out. You know, oh, levels, the levels here could use some work or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I believe it. I'm, I do. I'm happy to hear that got to your ears as this is awful. <laughs> well, I give the Cliff Notes version. Right. So I like all the stuff that you're saying. And I'm just like, yeah, he hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, 
I I second Jeremy's, you know, thank you because for us I mean, I think that anybody that's starting out on a project, they need to know that what they're doing is worthwhile, that someone's enjoying it, right? That it's not just a giant waste of time. And considering it took so long for us to start getting people to leave ratings and reviews, for the longest time, it was only your input that that we were able to take and say, okay, so this is where we need to change. This is what we need to do better at, or this is what we've, we've nailed, you know, whatever it was. And you were very consistent with us. So we hold you at such a high regard because you literally were that one fan that was helping us to build to where we are now. Because before we had anyone else ever hitting us up and saying like, hey, you know, I really didn't like that or I like this or, you know, I like this content or whatever, you were that that person for us. And so I also agree with Jeremy that when he says that, you know, we are here today because of your input it's absolutely legit yeah i definitely um it's interesting that you mentioned that when you were kind of introducing me um you know it kind of took me back like listening to you doing this project uh was taking me back to childhood right me and you working on dad's mac and trying to figure out how audio levels work. And it's just like, whoa, you know, blowing out our own eardrums because yeah. we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so it was kind of cool to to itch that again, right? I'm just like, oh, wow, you know, Jacob's doing this thing that, um, you know, maybe if I give some feedback, it'll change some things. So it was, re- it was interesting to hear the next episode and realize like, oh, wow, they're taking my, my feedback with um, – I don't know. It's, it's landing somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was going into a black hole and it's just like, ah, you know, whatever, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. So I think it's, it's also a credit to, to both of you guys, you know, you and you and Jeremy that, that listened. Right. And it's, it's just I, my only perspective, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't want like up to be a part of it. You know, I guess I'm waiting for my invitation to be a host now, if your track record uh, <laughs> holds true. But, Get away for Jeff yeah. to bow out. Once he wins the lottery, <laughs> there's rumors that, that we're done. So yeah, once <laughs> I buy the podcast, <laughs> I got you, bud. <laughs> but I think it, I think it's, it takes a big person to hear some, some well-meaning, you know, feedback of like, Hey, you know, this wasn't so great or, you know, what was going on here and, and work that into the next episode. So credit, credit to you guys. It may seem like I was being big about it, but I was throwing chairs. Not gonna lie. Yeah. 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 yeah you're freaks out. I do. I freaked out and I was like, well, I guess I'm just not good enough for anything now. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna go UA. I'm done leaving. Not ever going to podcast again. And then Jake had, to, Jake had to talk me <laughs> off the cliff. Well, that's what's so good about me being a buffer is because I tell him, you know, Grayson said it sucked. And then Jeremy goes on this huge long rant and I text back Grayson. I said, Jeremy says, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's my role in this whole thing. And I feel like I've served my purpose well. <laughs> but no, no, it was, it was taken well. Um, I it, it can't really stress enough how much uh grayson molded the podcast especially in the uh the beginning episodes like first season a lot of the changes that came came on recommendations or points that were pointed out by grayson and that's as simple as that um we took the training wheels off and we're kind of you know working our way trying to 
be our own selves now. Um, but if it wasn't for Grayson, we, uh, we would never have learned how to ride a bike. So, uh, once again, Grayson, thank you very much, but to move on, we're let's, uh, let's introduce the topic. I know Jake kind of touched on it a little bit when he was introducing Grayson. The topic is simulation theory tonight. Obviously you guys see that when you're hitting play on the episode, but I just want to make it clear that. This is a topic that we will be revisiting today. We are having a conversation with a huge fan of ours about a topic that he wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there was some uh, research done. I will put a little bit of it out there, but this topic will be revisited. We have uh, some really cool ideas to do with this topic and make a really big thing out of it um and i'm hoping to have grayson back in the future to revisit it but the research for the actual like information dump on simulation theory and everything behind it just isn't ready um i've literally been researching this topic ever since i put down the book on injured cold mm-hmm. over almost two months ago and it's so dense Right, well, because you're not an astrophysician. I'm not an astrophysician. I'm not a a <laughs> right. Yes, I'm not an astrophysician. We'll just stick with that. Um, I'm not a quantum physicist. Um, so oh, that's what it was. Quantum physicians. <laughs> quantum, yeah. phys- quantum physicist. So you know, when I'm reading these books, and I'm looking at these articles, and I'm reading these peer-reviewed reports and articles and stuff. There's a lot of Googling that I have to do to understand it, because in order for me to pass it down to you guys, I need to know all of the terminology. I need to know what they're doing in these um, studies and everything. And this is something that people go to school for eight to 12 years for. And uh, I'm trying to fit it all in the two months and it's just not working for me right now. So um, I'm not smart enough to bring all of quantum physics to the table quite yet. But <laughs> basically, uh, Cliff notes, uh, Jeremy's a slacker. Exactly. All right, guys. Okay. Um, there's a reason why I'm not a quantum physicist, but I'm working on it. And I will blow your fucking minds when we finally get to it. But for today, we're going to have a really fun conversation with Grayson. Um, I got some pretty fun questions that I, that I would love to hear his opinion, as well as Jeff Kenzar and Jake's opinions as well. And we're just going to have a good time just uh, chatting away about some simulation theory. So before we get into everyone's thoughts and opinions and, and all that stuff, what is simulation theory? The simulation theory, or what is more properly known as the simulation hypothesis, thanks to Nick Bolstrom, the founding physicist and philosopher of the theory, is a proposal that the reality of our existence is one that is simulation that is a simulation rather than a real-life physical world. Some major theories behind this hypothesis is that we are living in a simulation of the past by our future selves, we are pawns in a video game, or we are simply just a simulation where all of our existence happens on a timetable equal to roughly a few nanoseconds in the real world. And of course... The theory that we are all living in a simulation within a simulation, possibly within another simulation. And since we do not simulate life outside of video games, then that would mean that we are at the bottom of the large piles of simulations. Does that make sense? Nope. 
<laughs> so let's let's start off with that. Okay. Before we get into like our real opinions about simulation theory and everything, I just want to start it off with a question. How do you guys feel about the possibility of us being in a simulation? How do you feel? Are you comfortable with it? Does it does it irk you or like is this something that that you even think about when we're not doing this podcast? I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't bother me to think about. Honestly, I know a lot of people probably get uh, some form of anxiety thinking about things like this, but uh, I find a certain level of comfort in it, which is kind of weird, I guess. But yeah, I think about it all the time, honestly. And uh, I'm, if it's the case, which I believe it is, then cool. Sweet. Who's next? All at once. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got it, Kenzar. Get it. Uh, I. What makes me uncomfortable about simulation is I don't like the idea that I'm not living the life that I'm living. I don't like the idea that somebody else is controlling it, but I think it's very much a possibility. Okay. What about Grayson? Grayson, I want to hear your ideas about this. Uh, well, I was, this was not a topic that I gave much thought about <laughs> until, yeah, <laughs> until I actually heard, um, Nick Bostrom on the Rogan podcast kind mm -hmm. of articulating the simulation argument, which is a little different than the simulation theory. Right. And it was very much like, oh, okay. You know, I'm sure we'll get into that or maybe that's topic for the next episode, but we can touch on it. It, it yeah, it just got my gears turning of just like, oh, okay, well, this is a pretty pretty good argument to the fact that we are living in. It's not bulletproof, but it's a good argument that we are living in a simulation right now. It's like, oh, man. So I just started thinking, well, what does that mean? Um, does that does that really change anything if we are? If we assume that we are, is that does that make what we're experiencing any less real? You know, and I, I think I lean more towards you know, it doesn't really matter. I don't know if that says more about me than it does about <laughs> simulation theory, but if everything that we're experiencing is real to us and those around us, and it doesn't take anything away from the fact that, oh, okay, you know, this mic that I'm talking to is not quote unquote real, you know, depending on what observer you're talking to. You know, I don't, I don't know if that matters at all. Um, that's kind of mm -hmm. where I lean. I, I guess I'm more agnostic, but I, um, I, I think it's really interesting. Cool. Jacob. You know what I'm going to say? Demons. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, uh, doesn't affect me whatsoever. I don't think about it when I'm, uh, when I'm not podcasts you know not focusing on anything podcast related um i think it's a fun talking point but uh to put any sort of a legitimate amount of time into it to study it is just a tremendous waste of time hmm. because it, i agree with what grayson was saying it doesn't wouldn't change anything anyway okay cool so none of this is real um what's the difference Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
it just seems like a really just another really weird wacky theory that people spend a their entire lives working on and it's just like wow what a waste <laughs> i mean well i i don't necessarily agree i i think that there is a very good chance that we are in a simulation um and that's even coming from before doing some research into it i i, I feel a little bit more comfortable in my thought process about it um, or in my final thoughts about it. Not necessarily final yet because I'm not done doing the research, but just knowing that there is some sort of evidence out there that that backs my initial feelings about the whole subject makes me feel a little bit better. I don't think it changes anything. I'd have to agree with you there. Um, even if I found out that I am in a simulation, the thing is, is that I still have children. I still have my wife my animals, this podcast, things that I care about. And whether they're simulations or not, I still love them. And I'm going to continue to love them. You know, I can see how some people would take the idea. Well, okay, well, let's move into the next next little piece I have here too. So <clears throat> there is uh, stories, and I don't have one in particular. Again, I haven't really started writing the notes for this yet, and more in the research phase. Um, but when we when we come to the actual simulation theory episode, I'll have the actual story with me. There's one in particular I'm thinking about, and I can't think of the names, I can't think of the time frame or anything like that. But there was one person who got so obsessed with the simulation theory in the movie The Matrix, where he picked up his phone his telephone, heard the dial tone, said something in it, into the phone from the movie, turned around and killed his parents because he believed that they were NPCs in a simulation. Has any, are, have, have either any of you guys heard of this before? No, but if we are in a simulation, then what does it matter? <laughs> yeah, I heard that story. I don't remember the guy's name either but i did i do remember reading about that it, yeah it does sound familiar so again you know those that are listening please forgive me for not having that information right now I, I i do feel bad but this is again just a conversation piece right and that's what i kind of want to say is that you know if anybody out there is feeling like they're in a simulation i don't agree with jake <laughs> about what does it even matter i i do think it matters you know it doesn't matter what the people or you know whatever you love you still love them and you don't want to cause harm to them right um <clears throat> no matter what I, being in the simulation or not doesn't affect the way that i feel about my life and the people that are in it um well i mean but that's that's basically what i'm saying is that like if we are in a simulation, then uh, that's just another way of really assigning or saying that nothing has value. Well, right, because that's the alternative: <laughs> is that if if people if we all believe that we were in a simulation, then technically we could do whatever we wanted, and there would be no real, you know, um, consequences to our actions. Well, I would rather simulate my life in. <laughs> In my house than in a jail cell. 
you know. I think that that perspective, Jake, honestly, is a very black pill perspective on the simulation theory. Not to say that it's right or wrong. I just think it's a very black pill perspective because from my perspective, right, like, again, I'm I'm not going to say I'm a firm believer that we live in a simulation, but I definitely lean into that idea quite a bit. And it uh, it's actually very empowering to me in a lot of ways where I feel, I don't want to use the word manifestation because that's not what it is, but it's, it's something like when you, if from my perspective, when I understand that I'm in a simulation and that I have some level of control over the synchronicities that happen in life, that things fall into place much uh, more easily for me. Um, I tend to do things as you would do, uh, like good things because of your faith. I try to do good things because I do think that this is a simulation in a form of a test or a school. Hmm. So that's another good topic, uh, synchronicities, right? Um, again, I don't have the definition for synchronicities. Hey, real quick. Are you talking mm-hmm. about Joshua Cook? Joshua Cook, the, the guy who killed his parents? He was 19 years old? Yes. Okay. Um, synchronicities. Right. What's a good definition for synchronicities? I got you. You ready? Yep. Synchronicity. This is this. <laughs> I just Googled it while you were looking. This is the Wikipedia definition, which, you know, take this with a grain of salt. But synchronicity is a concept first introduced by analytical psychologist Carl Jung to describe circumstances that appear meaningfully related yet lack a casual connection. Right. So, yeah. So, like you were saying, a synchronicity, right? We're sitting here talking about simulation theory, right? And we go sit on our couch, and the very first thing that's going to pop up as an advertisement is a trailer for the new Matrix movie, right? Now, that's a very vague sense of a synchronicity. It could be anything. There's been a lot of synchronicities going on lately, like, the Simpsons is literally full of synchronicities. We see something happen on the screen with the Simpsons, and then we see it happen in real life. A lot of people will say that's a synchronicity. And it's not necessarily them telling the future. It is us seeing something that doesn't necessarily have any relationship whatsoever, but we're seeing it as a relationship. And then, of course, there's the spiritual side of synchronicities. You know, I was talking to so-and-so this today and about another person that I haven't talked to in 10 years. Literally today, they messaged me on Facebook. The person I was just talking about that I haven't, I haven't talked to in 10 years. That's a synchronicity. And I know a lot of us have had that happen, right? Where you're talking or you're thinking about something and then out of left field, Something along the lines of your conversation or your thought happens. And, you know, I've heard all kinds of things like they're starting to read your brain waves and they're um, creating advertisements or pushing a scenario that matches your brainwave because they're reading your minds, dude. I think that it's more of a good piece of evidence for us living in a simulation because what happens in a video game 
synchronous synchronicities happen all the time in a video game and we'll we'll get more into the video game concept of it jeff i heard you i saw you come off mic or come <clears throat> in the mic you want to talk yeah i was just gonna say um that well two things one <clears throat> the whole reading your brainwaves thing that is partially true you're so fucking, you're so, <laughs> i'm just saying put your tinfoil hat back on dude it's partially true <laughs> But the like synchronicity, like the advertising thing, I don't know if that's necessarily a synchronicity or if that's just more algorithms knowing what it is that you want. But whatever um, failed. No, no, you're good. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, you're talking about somebody and then they call you. Right. Or uh, I was trying to move and I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone one night and just for whatever re for no good reason. I pulled up the app to look at houses and an hour prior to me pulling up the app, the house that I live in now got posted and it's got all the things that we wanted. And it's not like I went and actively looked for this house, although I was looking for houses, but it just popped in, you know, when it was needed. Right. That's a really good example of a synchronicity. That's a spiritual synchronicity, right? They have, a, there's different flavors of synchronicities out there. You know, we'll hear um, Phil from the Unexplained Inc. podcast talk about synchronicities, and he he talks about a lot of spiritual ones. There's techn technological ones. There's uh, physical ones. There's all kinds of different synchronicities out there. But the the fact that synchronicities are they exist, right? There's there's really no argument against that. I personally believe that synchronicities do exist. Um, I feel like that's really good fodder for the argument. Yeah. And this is the kind of my point, uh, that I was making, uh, to Jake a minute ago is, so I don't know what the key is or what require, what re is required in order to make more synchronicities happen in life. I've heard a lot of things, law of attraction, you know, being on high vibrational, uh, levels or whatever the case is, but thinking about this kind of thing makes me personally try to do the right thing most. Like I, I, you know, I try not to bullshit people, you know, I just try to do good things as much as possible because in my idea that brings more synchronicities. Hmm. But wouldn't it be fair to say that the reason why synchronicities are an evident or fodder for the, for like, you could say that it's evidence for simulation theory is because someone has assigned that to become evidence for simulation theory because it's an unproven theory, right? So someone says, um, well, this is an example of it, and this is how we we have a really good idea that we're in a simulation. If they hadn't ever said that, then it wouldn't have been even thought of, of you know, it could just be just a coincidence like everything else. Like I could say from um, my perspective being like, I just had a friend today hit me up that I haven't talked to in um, almost two years, right? Mm -hmm. And I could say, well, I last month was saying that, gosh, he completely ghosted me and I haven't talked to him. And look, here he is hitting me up. You know, that's more than a coincidence. That's a synchronicity because there's, unless there's like a time frame on it, right? I'm not studying this stuff all the time, but. I could say, oh, that's a synchronicity. That's that's how we know. Or it could just be a coincidence because he missed me and wanted to hit me up and stuff. But it's only evidence for simulation theory because someone has said, oh, well, when you when you see things like this, this is how we're we have a, a good idea that we're in a simulation. 
I don't think it's necessarily an evidence like evidence for simulation and that only because there's a lot of people who believe in synchronicities that don't believe in simulation theory. True. So it, it could be a lot of things. Like I said, it could just be, or like Jeremy was saying, a spiritual thing or uh, whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily, it's not only tied to simulation theory. It's just one piece of the simulation theory puzzle. Hmm. What do you got, Grayson? Oh, I was going to chime in, but you guys, you guys kind of covered it. Um, and you can actually cut this out if you'd like, but um, I, I thought it's, it's interesting that a synchronicity, you know, by, from one person's perspective can be, uh, you know, air quotes, evidence that we're living in a simulation and to somebody else, the same synchronicity is, is, you know, more like, oh, that's, that's actually, um, you know, divine, right? That's, mm -hmm. that's God working in my life to put this person in front of me in my, in my inbox, mm -hmm. you know, and the same thing happened. Um, so anyway, you guys can cut this out. I know. No, no, that's a great a, point. Kind of a touchy. Yeah. That, that, that is because that is exactly how people with different viewpoints would see a synchronicity, you know, um, forgive me, Jake, is that, would that be, what is divine intervention? Um, yeah, that pretty much covers it. Like, um, I don't know. Um, if I were to look into my life, um, it would be in my divine intervention would be, uh, that time that I almost drank myself to death at 150 pounds soaking wet, I blew 0.47 and uh, came out of it with no brain, liver, or kidney damage. You could say that that was divine intervention in a way to keep me from dying because there was something else I was supposed to do. I was supposed to turn my life around. I was supposed to become a um, you know believer in, in Christ and preach the gospel. Uh, and I knew when I came out of that 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 was why, right? Um, okay. It could be something more simple, like, you know, my friend hitting me up and just being like, well, now that I'm in this place of being hardcore for Jesus, and I know, ooh, excuse me, I know that he uh, doesn't believe that this could be my opportunity to tell him, right? Because there's no one in his life right now that believes in Jesus. You could say that that's divine intervention. Um, so yeah, I agree. You know, and that's more or less how I would look at it. I really don't believe in coincidence whatsoever, right? Mm, yeah. I think that everything kind of lines up for a divine purpose. Um, and that's not excluding the bad things, right? Or what we would perceive as being bad, evil things. Um, that there is a direction that we're going in. Uh, so yeah, um, definitely could be divine, could be a, a God thing. Yeah, I, I can see how people would have different takes depending on uh, where they fall in the religious, non-religious categories or God or not God or anything like that, you know? Right. And that, that's a, that's a good argument. You know, uh, evidence for one person is, Hey, this happened. And I, I see that as evidence for being, uh, or evidence on the side of simulation theory. And another person will look at it and be like, that is evidence on the side of, creationism you know this is so <clears throat> go ahead sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no, um, <clears throat> maybe i can bridge the two together a little bit here but Ooh, you know bridge it 
the idea that we're in a simulation would also have to imply that there was a creator or code writer or whatever, take your pick, of the simulation. Just like in the movie The Matrix, Neo meets the architect. And the mm-hmm. architect is the old uh, bearded man, right, who created the simulation. So, and this is why people have heard me use the term the architect multiple times. Partially is because of the Matrix film, right? But it's also just another name for what somebody else might call God, right? And there's a billion names for God, depending on your culture and where you are in the world. But for me, that's kind of this, it's almost the same, right? So we live within a creation that was created by a creator. And in this creation, synchronicities and or divine acts happen or miracles happen based on the creation that that, there's no difference in my mind of those things. Mm. Would you say that we're more likely like the matrix where we think that we are like, uh, I don't know. Let's just use that as an example, right? The matrix is, is pretty cool in the fact that like everybody on earth um, with the exception of the programs that are inside of the matrix that are, you know, that are just code are living their lives thinking that they're living their lives and they're actually trapped inside some pod and they're just wired into the matrix and they're using their you know their energy to run the machines right that that is a very interesting take on the whole thing is that your opinion of what's going on or is it more along the lines of we are just moving out of action or we're just living our lives based off of a code that was already written for us Depends on what day of the week you ask me. Um, Sometimes I feel like we're plugged in somewhere, living through like an actual simulation, you know, uh, ones and zeros. But generally, no, I I generally think that simulation is not even really a good word for it. It's just a word that we have. And it is probably more like uh, some form of a divine creation that we just exist within. I mean, there's even... Uh, in a lot of religious texts talking about how this is a school, a school for spirit, right? And it's, you know, you are supposed to learn certain things, whether that is Christ or whatever thing people might, you know, be trying to learn in this realm. But uh, it was created by a creator and we live within it and we don't know what's beyond it. We don't know what's outside of this creation or the simulation. So it's just, it's just a, I think it's a language issue more than it is a difference in, uh, thought, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, we all agree words matter, right? Mm-hmm. So when you, when you say something, you know, a, a lot of people don't quite realize that a word has a meaning. Like if I say this is a cup, right. And I hold a cup, this is a cup. What do cups do? They hold water, right? And I call that tool that I use to hold water a cup. Simulation has a meaning to it, right? It means a simulation. And I like what Jeff said, that maybe the word simulation isn't necessarily the right word for it. And it doesn't match everybody's beliefs because we can be created from a creator, whether that be God, 
or a different architect, right? And we could be created and living inside of a non-physical world in reality, right? We live in a world that we see as reality, but it's non-physical. We perceive it as physical. But then again, it can also not technically be a simulation, right? What is it to simulate something? It means to try something out, right? To test something. So one particular theory in the simulation hypothesis is that we are a simulation of the past and that our future selves are simulating the past and watching it happen. So we are living, we are where we should be from the future in the past. We are right where we need to be. There's somebody that says, you know what? I want to see how this really badass podcast that ended up taking over the world podcast-wise started. And there's people from the future watching us do this podcast. I think it's called the ancestral theory. That would be a simulation. They are watching it happen to learn something. How did this podcast start? What really happened in World War II? Did Injured Cold really land and talk to Woody Derenberger? Did Bigfoot really walk in front of Patterson and Gimlin that day? These are all things that we could be living in for the future to learn about. That is a simulation, right? Now, when you get into a video game, because the simulation hypothesis often claims that we are in something similar to a video game, that doesn't necessarily mean a simulation. Now, one of the most popular video games or simulated video games is The Sims, right? Mm -hmm. But Jake, you and I, we play ARK. Yeah. Right? What are we technically simulating in ARK? Are we simulating anything? Yeah. I mean, we're simulating... um, I mean, I don't know. I would want to say cavemen, but it's it's way more than that. I want (laughs) to say it's a loose definition, right? Right. There's probably a better word for what we do on Ark. But farming. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hunting, <laughs> gathering, farming. Yeah. Right? War. Yeah. Could we be simulating all that stuff? Yeah. But there's probably better words for it. So is simulation the right term? Grayson, what do you feel about that? Um, I don't think I have a problem. Um maybe as much as as much as you're alluding to about the word simulation i think i think it's fine uh i guess to your arc example right i don't know arc very well but um, it's a horrible game you should never play it what too much time it's a tremendous waste of time (laughs) you ever got angry at your your tv i uh i don't think i would have a problem describing that video game as simulating you know it's like okay well what if you know there was a person that lived on this crazy world that was you know chock full of 
crazy dinosaurs and crazy, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, well, what would it take to survive? All right. Well, what would it, you know, what kind of sun would be in this solar system? You know, okay, let's put that in the sky. You know, you're, you're simulating something that's not in our history. It's not an ancestral simulation, Mm -hmm. but it is a science fiction one, right? Like I would consider a lot of, um, like make believe where, you know, halo, all those games that are, they're not real, but you are simulating. It's like, okay, well, what if, okay, humanity has to fight these aliens that come from another, you know, you're, you're the main character and you're, you're in the simulated world and things just play out based on your input. I guess a simulation in my, in my mind, I think of a simulation as something where I, I may make the rules to the simulation, the physics, right. But I'm not controlling anything. Right, I'm not controlling a player. A simulation would be okay. I want this, 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 this. I want it to be dark out, uh, no mountains, just a flat field, and I want to see a whole bunch of people run around, hit play, watch it happen. Right, that's not I, to me. That's not what we're doing. We're not just hit. You know, we're not. Somebody didn't just hit play and watching it happen. I feel like. We are in control, right? It's like a intelligent simulation, maybe. You know, where we are living inside of a simulation. Like, the world is simulated, but we are not. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make sense? We're not necessarily somebody else's avatar. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I don't like to think of us being in a simulation as even like the ancestral simulation where we're just being simulated to be learned about or watched from the future. What I I like to think is that we are sentient within the simulation. It's us. Our actual uh, sentience is in the simulation Mm -hmm. for a purpose, for a reason, right? Like we're here to learn something or to do something in the simulation. And it is us. And like this guy you're talking about who killed his parents, you know, like he had a totally misconstrued conception of what it means to be in the simulation right right and like you were saying like you love your kids even if they are a simulation no 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 no. like their sentience is also in the simulation so they are not simulations right you are not a simulation but the the world and the events and even the universe perhaps is the simulation that our sentience resides in thank you that is exactly what I was trying to get through. And so I just went the long route. <laughs> what's the difference between that and reality then? Because that would be I I wanna say that the idea of, you know, all this being a simulation or this is like the matrix is that there's, you know if it's just a parallel to reality, what we what we know, what we experience, what we're doing right now is, you know, just Say like we were uh, all controlling drones and the drones did whatever we told them to or like a character in a video game, right? I want my character to run forward and then turn left and then I'm controlling this vessel and I'm running forward and I'm turning left and I'm doing whatever it is that I want to do controlling this vessel because I'm sentient in this game. So it's just parallel to reality. So then what's the point? Well, let's let's just assume for a second. I know people are going to probably be like, you're, you're contradicting yourself, Jeff. Let's just assume <laughs> space is real and what they told us. Whoa, hey, Whoa. I'm not comfortable with this. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I feel okay. attacked. <laughs> well, it's just an idea, right? Like what if we are in the mothership traveling to earth to populate the earth and in that 
10 trillion light year journey journey or whatever, right? We have to be plugged in to a simulation of the earth in order to practice and get things right. So that when we get to the earth, we don't do the things that we see right now when we watch the news. Hmm. Hey everybody, bear with us while we take this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I think it's interesting that you guys are, I guess, the matrix version of the simulation hypothesis or theory is, I guess, the most comfortable, right? Of just like, okay, if we, you know, just as a thought experiment, if like, okay, we're living and this, um, you know, back to the, where we started, it's like this mic that I'm talking into Mm -hmm. is simulated, but I myself although my avatar is simulated, like I exist, right? I'm in a vat somewhere um, and I need to take the the pill to wake up. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, my wife is also in a vat somewhere, you know, and it's just like, oh, okay. So we're all real. We're just all playing this collective video game. Um, I, I think it's interesting that <laughs> that it's not, I don't know. I guess it's not necessary for that version of the simulation to be true, right? I mean, there is, I, I guess it's simpler, right? Because you take out the problem of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, it's it's impossible to simulate consciousness. I think that's one of the biggest arguments that comes up against the simulation argument, right? Is that, oh, it, it's not possible. You know, consciousness is not physical, so therefore it can't be simulated. Uh, but I guess with the matrix version, it, it simplifies things. Um, you know, consciousness is not in the simulation or, or I guess it's not built into the simulation. We are providing the simulation consciousness through ourselves, but I guess that's a much bigger question. You know, what is consciousness and how does that fit into all this? Right. Kenzar, you're quiet. Don't talk so much, Kenzar. Kenzo's just soaking it all in what you guys have to say here. Well, what do you have um, to say here, Kenzo? 
Honestly, I don't know. Um, the simulation kind of melts my brain. Um, the way I view it is kind of like the video game, but we're all, I, I'm the main character in the video game. Jeremy's his own main character in his video game. And Jeff is and Grayson's all in his, we're all on our own video game timeline so we're all experiencing a simulation kind of differently from the next person. It, I don't know. I it's it's to GTA me it's like online. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody is almost trying to not necessarily control me and my actions, but the world around me, which is why we experience such uh, crazy things that happen worldwide um anything really like world wars for example like why am i experiencing that why are we experiencing that is somebody creating that to test us is somebody doing that to test me test you it's almost like someone's trying it bothers me because I don't like the idea of somebody trying to control the world around me. I like to be able to control my own world and my, and make my own decisions. And the simulation bothers me because it's like somebody else is trying to take that from me. Hmm. So let's talk about quantum indeterminacy. Indeterminacy. That word, right? This is the theory in quantum physics that everything is purposely incomplete until needed by the physical world. In layman's terms, this would be the equivalent to when you're playing a video game and you're watching the world render around you. This is done to save computing power and allow for a more seamless gameplay experience. Also applies to the famous question. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody is around to hear it, does it make a sound? No. Another no? Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> so okay, we'll stop right there for a second, right? If the tree falls in the woods and nobody's mm-hmm. around to hear it, does it make a sound? No. Why? And because I, I, I know you're against simulation theory, right? Yeah. But if it didn't make a sound, that would be a very good piece of evidence for simulation theory because that tree is out of render. Right. So let me put it into video game terminology. And I'm going to use arc for an example, because I'm talking to Jake here. We fly or we teleport to another teleportation pad. Right. And it happens instantaneously or however it takes, however long it takes to load. Right. But do we know for a fact that there's anything there that's going to kill us? Is there a T-Rex there or a Giga that is going to kill us right away? We don't know until we get there, right? Okay. So technically, is there a giga there before we teleport to that position? Or is it determined once we get there? Mm, I would say because of my luck on that game that it's already there, <laughs> already waiting to kill me. <laughs> I could be wrong. But could be wrong. it seems like it's waiting for a wyvern to be tired so it can eat both of us. Isn't this wyvern. the famous uh, the famous cat experiment? We're getting like, yeah. it, it, the T-Rex is there and it isn't there at the same time. Exactly. And we're getting there. And that's kind of where I'm getting to with this tree falling. 
right? If it doesn't make a sound and the next time someone shows up in that portion of the woods and that tree is just on the ground, did it ever actually go through the motions of falling or did it when it rendered in, was it just on the ground? Okay, so bear with me and I could be completely wrong and I probably am. You're wrong. Um, What's up? You're wrong. Oh, okay. I thought you said, hold on. Um, (laughs) So sound is just vibrations right it's true but it's not really sound until someone is around to or something that can hear is around to translate those vibrations into a noise so if nothing Mm -hmm. is around there to translate those vibrations into a noise then it's not really sound it's just vibrations so my question Um, to you is is the past happening or does a pass only happen once it's witnessed by somebody? Well, that doesn't make any sense. But anyway, it's literally so, <laughs> it's literally what you're telling me. Well, the the other side of that is that um, everything vibrates uh-huh. in the universe or on Earth, depending on who you're talking to, me or Jeff. Um, but everything vibrates, so technically everything makes sound. So even we just can't perceive it most of the mm-hmm. time. So even if that tree, whether it falls or it doesn't fall, it's standing, it's making sound 100% of the time, all the time. So okay. yes and no. Okay. So let's... <laughs> That's let's... the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> we it's had not. I've heard you say smart on this in my work center for six hours the other day. And this is the, the thing I came so, up with. And I was just like, hold on. Well, yes and no. All right, so you're talking about sound waves, right? Yeah. Let's change the question. If a tree falls in the woods and nobody is around to see it, does it fall? I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> defer to the uh, what's that experiment? The observer effect. The Schrodinger's cat. We'll yeah. get there. I'm, right. I'm literally getting to that point. Right. But what I'm trying then, to prove to Jake here, then yes, is oh, because so you think it does fall? Yeah, we see because if there's nobody there to absorb the light, because what is what is sight? Well, no, that right? doesn't change just because there's a blind person standing next to it and can't see it. It doesn't change the physical right. Form but it's it's hitting a different sense, right? If nobody's right. there to to smell, taste, touch, <laughs> hear, <laughs> okay, no one's tasting the tree. Is it there? <laughs> simulation <laughs> i'm gonna burn my house down because it's a simulation it doesn't matter <laughs> let's move on let's move on okay, you're crazy. another way of describing quantum indeterminacy is by saying that all outcomes exist unless one particular outcome is observed in the book the simulation hypothesis by rizwa verk he explains this by explaining that before entering a movie theater every seat is a possibility to sit at to enjoy the movie. But once you witness the availability, the outcome changes dramatically, no matter whether you see nobody else in the theater or a crammed packed theater. And once you sit down, that seat is your new reality. And yet another example is that of Schrodinger's cat, an exercise used often when explaining quantum indeterminacy and more specifically quantum superposition. The exercise asks this question if a cart was left in a box if a cart 
If a cat was left in a box for an hour with a flask of radioactive material, which opens once an internal monitor detects radioactivity, after the hour, is the cat dead or alive? The answer, according to the Copenhagen interpretation, is that the cat is both dead and alive, and that an outcome hasn't been determined until there is an observer. Once that box is opened and the cat is witnessed either dead or alive, then the outcome is written with 100% certainty. So, Kenzar, since your brain's nice and fried, (laughs) if I put a cat in a box in front of you, a wooden crate, and I threw a flask in there with radioactive material, Mm -hmm. and I put a Geiger counter in there, and if that Geiger counter measured even the smallest inkling of radioactive material, it would shatter that flask and kill the cat. Right? Yeah. So I close the crate up. We walk into the other room, come back. Can't hear nothing coming from the crate. Soundproof, right? No Mm -hmm. way of telling whether this cat is dead or alive. Before we open it up, I ask, is the cat dead or is the cat alive? What's your answer? I honestly would say dead. Okay. Um, because Why? you have a flask full of radioactive material mm-hmm. and a sensor for said radioactive material. If it senses it, it's just going to explode. Right. But what if there isn't a leak? Well, I'm just going to assume there is. Okay. Because I assume so, the worst in everything. So, so we open the box. <laughs> Right. And literally history is not written. We can't tell whether the cat is dead or alive, but we open it up. The cat is dead. We do some tests on it and we find out that the cat has been dead for 15 minutes. And therefore we can determine that at the 15 or at the 45 minute mark, there was some sort of leak of radioactivity. The Geiger counter caught it, shattered the flask, killed the cat. And therefore the past was written by witnessing the present. Are mm-hmm. we are we all on board here? Yep. Okay. So here here's my opinion on this. I think that uh our sentience has the ability to change uh the outcomes of things, right? So this is part of the simulation. I think that it's almost like this is why I didn't want to necessarily use the word manifestation earlier, but it's almost like a form of that in a way. Or I think that if you believe something like Kenzar believes the cat would be dead and the cat would be dead. If we all, for whatever reason, truly believed that the cat wouldn't be dead, then it wouldn't be dead. I think that there's a certain, there's a certain power to that. And speaking of that, this cat is rubbing his face on my microphone, but, um, <laughs> is it dead or alive? But you know what? I'm, does that make any sense to you guys? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, it, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of experiments and a lot of um, evidence for putting energy out into the world and getting a reaction, right? So, yeah. and that actually goes into why why there's these these uh, group efforts to put energy out into the, out into the world to get uh, a certain outcome, right? Yeah, I mean that's the whole idea of placebos, right? I mean. 
there there's actually i can't remember the study but they actually had cured cancer in some people using nothing but placebos because those people truly believed they were getting treatments and then as soon as they learned that they weren't getting treatments cancer came back and a lot of those people died from the cancer mm-hmm. well that's on like an extreme extremely small scale i mean it's it's you could say that the positive energy that they had from the placebo had nothing to do with it at all and the cancer was just going to take its course anyway that at some point it was just going to get worse or materialize and kill them like it had nothing to do with how they thought the drugs helped them or didn't so are you saying it was a coincidence that you don't believe in what do you mean well if if you had cancer and I gave you a placebo and made you believe that it was a treatment and mm-hmm. then your cancer went away, is that a coincidence? Or is that because you truly believe that the cancer was going away from the treatment? Mm. I just don't think it's evidence one way or the other. It, it, it can't be definitively stated that, oh, this person willed their way out of this situation. And it also can't be said that... um the cancer was always going to do this. You know, it's just, I, I think that's why I have, sometimes I have a problem with like placebo uh, examples because it's like, well, the other side of that could just as easily be what Jake is saying, right? It's just like, well, this was just always going to happen if you didn't treat this person. Sure. This is the course that was going to happen. So I agree. I think it's evidence. It's not proof though. You know, if it was one time, one guy, then maybe. But if I'm not mistaken, this study was done on multiple people and the outcomes were the same. Hmm. So you're saying that like, well, wouldn't that be different than, you know, positive energy and good vibes? That's you you truly believing that your body is fighting something and your body starts reacting in a way that it's fighting back a cancer until you find out that you've just been lied to and then you lose all hope and you lose that, that will to fight. Like people that is like... You know, people survive all kinds of craziness. We're just like, yeah, it should definitely should have killed you. You know, it's like you definitely, you know, it's it's pretty observable that a human body bleeds out and so you know so long, but that whole struggle to survive and stuff against insurmountable odds, and people come out of these crazy situations is like there's really no reason why they should still be alive. You know, based yeah. off of observed realities over and over and over and over and over again, or like so much so long trapped in a mine shaft and stuff until they were finally rescued and it's like because they had that will to survive and so their body pushed versus someone who just gave up and just you know died um but if like if if positive energy and all that actually existed then i mean I, i doubt there'd be genocides in africa right now like it would just it would have more an effect than just a person fighting cancer you know, it would be more observable on a larger scale. If more people were involved, there would be dramatic changes in the world versus the course that we're on right now, which is like, well, they're not doing a very good job. Well, you're going to get me into like a whole other thing, but basically that's the whole idea of the like divide and conquer idea, right? Is because we're all being distracted and confused and fed negativity all the time. That's why we don't see greater good happening in the world so it's in my opinion that's by design and this isn't even an argument for simulation theory honestly this is just a an argument for the power of human thought 
right? Is the cat dead or not in the box? And I just think that having a belief one way or the other has an effect on that somehow. Hmm. All right, let me finish up quantum indeterminacy. But why are we talking about quantum indeterminacy and superposition? In Rizwan Verk's book, The Simulation Hypothesis, he discusses how video games use a practice would like this to save on computing ability. Video games like World of Warcraft, and if you've been around long enough with us, you know Jake and I play a game called Ark, use world-building engines and GPUs in order to bring the simulated world you are playing into existence as the observer moves among the world. This allows the GPU to process the world needed by the observer only when called upon, and the rest of the world is left in what is known stasis. In stasis, the world doesn't exist. Therefore, nothing happens. Or better yet, according to quantum superposition, everything is happening at once, and the actual outcome doesn't show on the screen until a player arrives in the vicinity of the event, because before you get there, all possible outcomes are possible. So, this kind of brings up the question that is a popular talking point when it comes to the simulation hypothesis. GPU's processing ability. In order for this to be a computer simulation in any way, shape, or form, and we have multiple different players, let's say all five of us are, are a player, right? And, you know, we'll assume that there's some NPCs out there. I'm sure you guys have met some NPCs. I know, I know for fuck's sake, I have met some NPCs for sure. Right. <laughs> um, they love to cut me off on the road. Right. <laughs> um, one of the biggest arguments against the whole idea that the generating power would have to be so immense is that no, it doesn't have to be so immense. Because you literally only need to process the stuff that's being observed. Going back to the tree falling in the woods. Right? The tree falls. Nobody's there to witness it. Does it actually fall? Technically, in a simulation, no. It wouldn't actually fall. It would just be on the ground next time someone was there to observe it. The process of it actually falling would never actually happen. We have things in this world... And I'm not saying this as what I really believe. I'm just bringing the, the simulation theory to the table. But we are influenced by a lot of different things. We wake up. We look at our phone. It says that there was a plane crash, right, mm -hmm. in Missouri. Did the plane crash until you observed something saying that it happened? Was that a reality until you observed it? So you wake up. History has not been written. You read that there was a plane crash in Missouri. Now, from your point of view, in your simulation, there was a plane crash in Missouri. That is another example of the past being written by the present. And nothing was actually computed. No GPUs, no nothing were used to actually simulate anything. It just happened. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think a lot of things about that, honestly. I'm 
personally under the belief being the conspiracy guy that most of the things that we hear about happening aren't actually happening. It's just mm-hmm. a story. So, you know, to use your example, if a plane crashes, you know, did it crash or did it crash after we knew about it or whatever? Or is it possible that it didn't happen at all and it's just information being fed to us? So I don't know. I think it's also um, that's an interesting example with the plane crash because it involves, you know, death supposedly, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I think that's an interesting example. I've always liked the example of, you know, atoms, right? So mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's just like, okay, yeah, we can all, or I don't know if we all can, we can all kind of agree that it's like, okay, there's atoms, you know, this desk is made of atoms, right? If I took out a super microscope and ripped this desk apart, I would see all these little things happening, right? Or I would see all the fibers and everything that was done to make this desk. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that way right now, right? I'm not looking at the inside of this desk right now. It's, I can feel it. Um, but until I take a hammer to it, I don't know what it's made of, right? I have a, a general understanding. So I, I think to Jeremy's point, you know, you can save a lot of computing power by not simulating things, you know, to the, to the nth degree, you know, you don't need to simulate most of the ocean, right. Until there's like a person there that's, mm. <laughs> that's in the ocean. Uh, and then taking a water sample and putting it under a microscope and be like, Oh yeah, look, there's bacteria in here, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, until it's observed and it would save a lot of computing power. But is that technically evidence or is that just an argument on how is it an argument cutting the puzzle piece to make it fit? Yes. I kind of think it is. And I, I, the reason is if there is some architect, right. Or God that's able to create this entire simulation, which would potentially encompass the entire universe. Why do we assume that there's a limitation on computing power on that level? True. We're looking at it from our perspective. Of course there's limitations, but on that level, there might not be limitations. And that, that does come up, you know, from time to time in the simulation hypothesis, right? It does. To use a really old example that I used a long time ago is that we're talking from the point of view of an ant, right? The ant knows nothing but the world that it lives in, right? It walks in our grass and it sees these tall, tall plants, which we call grass. And we see it as something small. Does it know anything about the world that we live in that we humans live in? Does it know anything about flight airplanes flying through the sky about going to work every day? Does it know anything about how logistic systems work? Anything like that? No, it only knows what the ant knows. So if I were to go down in size and be able to communicate with an ant and tell them about the internet, about quantum physics, right? Well, since we're on this, if I talk to them about quantum physics, are they going to understand it all? Or are they going to be like, yeah, none of that shit is possible. Are we looking at this from the point of view of an ant? Are we seeing it with limitations that we apply in our own lives or that are applied to our own lives. And I think that that was, that's one of the things that, you know, so far 
thinking, you know, hearing Jeff talk, that's something I agree with Jeff is that I, I think we're looking at it the wrong way by even thinking that we need computing power because that's a very human point of view. Is that what you're trying to say, Jeff? Yeah, but also there is something uh, called the sentient world simulation. You guys ever heard of this? I have. And it, it's literally, it exists in our reality now where these institutions have created this uh, world, this sentient world simulation where they just input all of the data you know, from everything that they've ever collected and all the trends and everything else. And they have a, a, a world simulation right now and it predicts things and all kinds of stuff. And that that's just using human capabilities. They're able to create a sentient world simulation. So imagine something way beyond what we have and what it could simulate. Is that what the Simpsons are using? Could be, man. I mean, I, I got an art, I got a paper pulled up right here from uh, Purdue University talking about sentient world simulation. And so, I mean, it's definitely a thing. And I don't know how in depth or how good the sentient world simulation is because I don't have access to it. But you know, it's a continuously running model of the real world. So, who knows how you know advanced the simulation that we're in is? Could be incredibly advanced. Hmm. I think that in order to form my opinion on it, I would have to know which model we're looking at, that we are all controlling ourselves and we all exist, but somewhere else and we're controlling this, or that the NPC theory that we exist, but no one else exists, or the not so crazy NPC theory that most of us exist, but some of us are definitely computer generated code mm -hmm. um, in order to form a more uh, in order to form my opinion on it because there's different there's a different thought process to each one if it was we are a we are re real right we're controlling ourselves but everyone else is an npc affecting our reality then that's when it goes into my original point of what does it matter if that guy killed his his family what does it matter if any of you guys died? Because none of you are actually real. I'm the only one that's real. So everything would be brought down to the value of I should never donate to charity. I should never do anything like that because people don't matter because they aren't real anyway, which mm -hmm. would be a really frightening thing to, to exist if you actually believed that. Because it wouldn't matter if you walk down the street and decide one day I want to just rock this kid in the face, you know, just because they they're next to me because they're not real anyway. Um, you know, it would mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't take anything away from what Hitler did because he wasn't actually real killing real people. It was all a simulation and you're just observing it from your timeline. Right. It could be really, really whacked out. The idea that there's most of us are real, but uh, but there's definitely some simulations, some NPCs out there. Um, I could get behind that one in that, like, we've all seen that person in the grocery store that's just standing there staring off into space, and it's just like they are just a, <laughs> a code <laughs> wasting space, right? They're supposed to be here to make this thing feel more realistic. Um, it's funny. I, I don't believe this whatsoever, but you know, that one would be more, 
<laughs> in line with reality, right? Or like, or like what Kenzar was saying, being cut off. They're always written in code to travel that path. You just happen to be behind them in your reality. So when they cut you off, they weren't actually cutting you off. That was the path that was written for them to travel. Like people driving in cars in Grand Theft Auto, you just happen to be behind them when they were going to make that change into that other lane. Mm -hmm. Or the other one, which is the more matrixy version, which is that we all exist somewhere else, but we are affecting this reality and we're all just kind of playing together and we just don't know it, you know, that that's the way reality is, in which case it would be just a parallel of this world because there would be consequences, you know, you would be killing an actual person and it would be affecting their body somewhere else. So... I would have to know the model of which one we're talking about, or if it's none of those and it's something else entirely to really formulate a, a good opinion. But from where I sit right now, this is, like I said, an incredible waste of time. <laughs> but that's just me, right? I personally subscribe to the idea that most of us are sentient within the simulation and a, a smaller percentage of us are NPCs. Um, you guys ever heard of the dead internet theory? Mm -hmm. No basically suggests that I don't remember the exact percentage. I'm just going to throw a number. 75% of the internet is just artificial intelligence. Uh, They're like zombified profiles is what yeah. I believe the term is. Yeah. The, the most of the profiles you interact with online and most of the content that's online is just uh, generated via artificial intelligence. It's not actually a person behind the profiles. And that's like a big chunk of the internet. So I think, I think it is most of us are sentient and that there's just a lot of things being simulated to fill out hmm. the simulation. I see digital asset. So that, would, so that would go into your idea that when people talk about the population on Earth, that it's not even close to what they're saying. Right. Hmm. I made a connection. <laughs> so just as, uh, yeah, <laughs> just as, I mean, to be contrarian, I guess, um, kind of the the three options that Jake laid out. I think there might be a fourth one and maybe I, I missed it in your number two there, but that, or how do you guys feel about the possibility that we are all NPCs, right? So I know this is like one of the darker ones because, okay, you know, there, there is no physical body that Grayson is tied to outside of the matrix, right? I'm just mm -hmm. part of... I'm part of the simulation and the simulation is so advanced that I believe that I am conscious, right? Like I, like, of course I must be real, you know, I am real. Um, so I think that is kind of a fourth option is that we're all mm. NPCs and I, our, you know, our descendants are the ones that are simulating us. Cause, cause I think the matrix problem or the matrix version of this, right. Where, you know, that can get a little weird and a little dicey. Well, I mean, I guess the whole topic's dicey and weird, but it's, uh, it's, if, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, if it, <laughs> it's like, if we're all plugged in, right. Physically plugged in, in a vat, if my wife's simulation and my simulation, you know, it's like, Oh cool. We met each other in the simulated world, you know, well, we have a son, you know, so did our son get plugged in at that time or, or is he not real, right? Is that, I think that's where it can get a little weird of just like, once you start tying things back to some biological that somewhere in the future, um, where it, I guess, instinctually in my head, 
you know, just for the sake of the argument is it makes a lot more sense that no, 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 it's all digital code and we're all, you know, it's, it's real to us. It doesn't make it any less real to the NPCs in ARC, right? It's just like, no, that dinosaur really did that to that person. Um, but it's all, we're all NPCs, you know? That's an interesting idea. There's a document I've talked about a few times. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show, but it's uh, it's something that I'm going to do an episode on in the future here. But I'm just going to give you like a little taste of it. It's the uh, analysis and assessment of gateway process. It's an Army Intelligence Command document that came out in, I think, 1984. And it says in there directly, it says the universe is one gigantic hologram and your mind is also a hologram that decodes the universal hologram. So that could be what you're saying with this fourth option, that we are just ones and zeros or something. Hmm. That could also be disinformation from intelligence agencies, though, too. So I just want to say that. True. So <laughs> would this hologram include um, space? <laughs> it says the universe is one gigantic hologram. Oh, the universe has space oh, in it. A lot go. of space. A lot of empty space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back on space being real, guys. Yeah, space is real. In our reality, space <laughs> is the infinite real. rabbit hole. Tune in next week when we think it's fake again. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I have to. It's funny because I have to say this like every time we talk about space, but I don't necessarily think there's nothing up there. I just don't think the information that we're given about space is one hundred percent. You said I don't it was think, fake. I don't think they give us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So I speak facetiously when I say space is fake think that there's a realm there it's just not everything and only what they tell us i told someone at work the other day that space was fake and they started screaming and cussing at me it was actually pretty funny until i, <laughs> I get that a lot that <laughs> to me more often than you freaked imagine. out it was great <laughs> i'm just like i'm like all right man it's not that big of a deal just because you're a space believer <laughs> nerd <laughs> <laughs> all right last question we're already at an hour and a half here we're going to start with Kenzer because she's just so quiet. <laughs> you should have been up this whole time. It's crazy. Well, welcome back to the show, Kenzar. Hi. Thanks. I've <laughs> been here the whole time. but So let's all play ball here. And let's say that we are in a simulation. What's the purpose, Kenzar? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> What's I, the purpose? You're right. Beyond me. You wanted to be a host. What did Jake say? In the, in that that episode we recorded on uh, fly or hit the ground. <laughs> By the way, we were on a show called Tales from the Animal Kingdom. Awesome show. We did a great job there. Check it out. But yeah, fly or hit the ground, Kenzar. <laughs> um, what is the point of the simulation? Uh, that's actually a good question. I don't know. I maybe just to exactly like you said at the beginning. Maybe it's just to figure out how to get it right hmm. and not destroy the universe or the planet or whatever. Okay. The plane. Yeah. The plane. That's a good word. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to agree. I think that that's the, the, the whole point of, if we are in a simulation, I think the point is it's a school. It's a form of school, whether it's a spiritual school or a physical school. Um, you know, if you take the physical route, it's, yeah, it's so that we don't fuck things up and cause world wars and cause whatever, right? The polar ice caps to melt or take your pick of the thing. 
uh, or it could be a spiritual school, you know, where you're supposed to find your faith or whatever the case is. I think that it's just a school for us to do one of these things. It's a soul school. And that's with the intention of eventually leaving the simulation is kind of what you're saying. Uh, I would hope so. I like to think that that's the case, right? Like in the matrix movie, they, they get unplugged and now they're in Zion, even though it's a terrible fucking place and they're being chased by human eating monsters, uh, or robots or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, let's take like the faith angle, right? You die. And if you follow the, uh, instruction book before leaving earth right the what is the anagram people people say for the bible the book uh, i don't know but you get what i'm saying right you do the things you live by the golden rules you find the faith whatever it is you get to go on to valhalla right hmm. but wouldn't that reality be the same for everybody because you said it earlier, you're like uh, your God or whatever he's called in all these different cultures and stuff. I think you said that there's a million different examples. I mean, technically speaking, if you're bringing in Hinduism, there's 320 million Hindu gods and goddesses, right? So, but the reality at the end would be the same for everybody if that was the circumstance and all of these gods and goddesses and stuff call themselves different things. They have different attributes. They're not the same at all. They're not compatible. So where one version of this deity is telling you to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, the other one's telling you to kill people. Yeah. Unless it was like a different assignment for each person. I think it could be a different assignment for each person, or you could, I could take it from your perspective where there is one assignment and you have to figure out what that assignment is and you have to uh, follow the assignment. So it could be either way. I don't think there's any way for anybody to know for sure, which is why you have so many different religions and things like that out there is because nobody truly knows. We all, right. People have beliefs and faith that they know what the truth is, but I don't think that no, anybody could say with certainty that anyone is wrong or right. You just have to go on faith. Ooh, it's a tall order. Hmm. Hmm. Jake. What's the end goal, right? What's, what's the purpose or the point? Yeah. I mean, what would be the point of being in a simulation? Because this is something that you were asking earlier, right? It would be for the fun of it for the person running it. So you, you would think, oh, man, what's the game that they play in uh Think about, think about uh, oh, man, think about, like, not The Sims, but there was a version, like a bigger scale version of The Sims that I used to play on. Um, Second Life? Or something no, like that. no, no, no. It was, it was a long time ago. I think Grace and I used to play it, honestly. This is, I'm, I'm digging back, like, 20 years right now. And... You could create Oregon a city, yeah, right? <laughs> Your party died of dysentery. You could create a city and buildings and amusement parks and all kinds of stuff. And there was tycoon. Um, NPCs that lived in it. I get it might have been Roller tycoon Coaster or something. Tycoon. Roller coaster tycoon. There you go. And then you could also attack the city with like aliens and UFOs and like you know natural oh, disasters city. and all kinds of stuff. SimCity is that it? Okay. Yeah, SimCity. Um. If we said that all of those NPCs thought that they existed and you 
or me as the person that created the city and created, you know, society for them and then attacked them with natural disasters and stuff. Um, I'm playing a video game. But what if they thought that they were real? Right. And it's just like, let's see how many tornadoes I need to make to turn this city into nothing. Mm -hmm. If this was a circumstance where we were all stuck in a simulation, then I would imagine that it would be for the enjoyment of the person creating the simulation. So Jake is the kid with a magnifying glass burning all the ants. Well, that's all that we have right now at our disposal. Every single version of any simulation we've ever played, except for those really dumb games where there's no real way to win, um, like Flappy Bird. Um, but we're all, <laughs> we're all take it back. Um, <laughs> yeah, take that. We're all playing our characters, and the NPCs exist for our enjoyment to play through the mission and to win. You know, we are outside of that particular simulation. So the only thing I really have to go off of is that, right? When I play, or like I don't play it anymore. But when I played Grand Theft Auto or whatever, everybody with the exception of being online, everybody that was there was created by the game to increase my enjoyment with the game, to play through the missions and do all that sort of stuff, right? If they had existed in a reality where they, or they had existed in a spot where they thought that they ex actually existed, right? And they were coming up to me telling me those dumb NPC things, like <laughs> giving me hints for the game and stuff, but that's like, they thought in reality that that's, you know, hey, I'm giving you a tip. You should use an umbrella when it's raining. You know, you won't get cold quite as quickly. Um, you know, whatever it was. But it's all built for my enjoyment as the person playing the game. Um, but I'm saying as a more broader sort of a thing, if we are all those NPCs and we're all existing, that's the model I'm using right now, which is Grayson's model. If we're right. all NPCs and somehow this consciousness exists in a form that we think that we really exist... But in reality, we are our quote unquote free will and our decisions is us already playing through. It's like fate already playing through what is written for us to do for the enjoyment of the person or the being or whatever that created the simulation. That's as deep as you're going to get from me. And I refuse to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes uh, sense. Yeah. Makes all the sense. Thank you. Yeah. You're the most what do you, what do you know? You're an NPC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grayson, what do you think, man? You think you exist. <laughs> um, yeah, this is... Um, <laughs> of all the stuff we talked about, right? This is probably the biggest question. It's like, well, why? You know, if right. we give you... If, if we give this to you, um, yeah, okay, we're all in a simulation. It's like, well, why? So I, <laughs> there are a couple answers that I have... <laughs> just remembered they kind of stuck in my head of like oh you know this this could be interesting and i think that um you know one of them is a little i don't know a little more futile than the other so <laughs> i guess we can start with that is that and just as a little background as just an example so i work for a, a solar company and i just design systems all day right so part of that's step is to simulate how much production is this system going to output, right? So I have control of a lot of the parameters of this tool. You know, I can just be like, okay, this is going to produce, you know, X power. 
uh, well, what happens if I put it 500 feet in the air? You know, does that change anything? Or what if, what if I put it in Antarctica? You know, it's like, oh, well, let's simulate there. But there are certain parameters that I can't change, right? Like, oh, this is where the sun is, right? <laughs> uh, this is, you know, this is historical weather data for the area, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't have control over. So what if the simulators, right? This is off the model of we're all NPCs, right? There's no, there is no matrix. We are, you know, we're all lines of code. You know, what if the simulators are simulating, okay, um, what would humanity look like if uh, America won the war, right? And then all these parameters just play out. So it's not that it's fate necessarily, right? Like one variable was input of just like, okay, German, Germany loses. Um, and everything just plays out, right? And all these NPCs go about their daily lives and one thing leads to another and here we are, right? Um, and then just as easily, there would be another simulation where Germany wins and you know, and whatever base reality is, who knows? Uh, so I think that's an interesting one because we do that stuff now, right? That's my daily job. It's just like changing variables and see what the outcome is. Just, it's not necessarily for fun, but it's to educate yourself about how changing one little detail can drastically change, you know, the result that you get at the end. Um, so it's like the cause of the multiverse. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like I, we didn't even touch the simulation argument, which kind of implies that there are a countless number of simulations and we're just one of them. And then I think the other one, which we also didn't touch on, which is kind of the most sci-fi and I don't know, fun one, I think is if we assume at some point we develop AI, right? And to avoid a Skynet situation, we, before turning this thing online, right? We're like, oh my gosh, we created this artificial intelligence and we know that it's just going to outpace us in every way. How do we ensure that this AI sees the value of humanity, right? Sees the value of keeping humans alive. It's like, well, maybe it would make sense to give this AI the experience of all the humans that ever existed right? Good and bad. Mm -hmm. And then we are just an ancestor simulation for this AI, you know, teaching it that it's like, Hey, this is what humanity is, you know? And it would be this simulation a billion times over or whatever it takes. I don't know, but maybe this is like, we're a fail safe for <laughs> Terminator two, uh, so that that doesn't happen. And I, I don't know. I think that's kind of a, a more goofy one, but it's, it was plausible, you know? Yeah. I like the first one. The first one is right out of Philip K. Dick and his Man in the High Castle. Uh, it's just, I don't know if you guys ever read that or, or I think it, there's a show on it now, but that's, uh, that's right out of there. So I'm going to go ahead and go down a different route. I'm going to end this episode as if it was a season finale of a Futurama season. And make everybody cry. Or series, you know, after how many times Futurama ended. <laughs> what if... One too many. What if there's only a few humans left? And in order to feel what it felt like in the past to be surrounded by multiple humans, 
we plunged ourselves into a reality in which we can feel not alone again. We simulated the world. Most of us are NPCs. And the few that are in their little chambers hooked up are the only ones left to live. And we're really here just to feel the human experience again. I heard that uh, on another podcast. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a tearjerker right there. That's super dark, bro. It's super dark, right? But yep. super dark. That's almost as dark as, as Grayson's second idea of us just <laughs> being. Because I, I thought that was dark. I was like, damn, am I really just like an AI <laughs> living through this experience? And then, then you, wow, bro. Yeah. Bum, bum me out. Right. right? Your just, decision just... to wear what you wore today. Was it your decision or was it already written in code that you would put those socks on with those shoes and those pants and that shirt and hopefully those boxers and walk out the door? It makes me question whether or not this is actually my favorite sweater or not now. (laughs) Do I even (laughs) like this thing? (laughs) You know, Jeremy, it turns out I have no opinions on that clock that you gave me with Bigfoot on it. (laughs) Sorry. Hate it now. (laughs) Yeah. Because I know my real self likes it, I'm gonna rebel. <laughs> um, no, and uh, you know when I when I heard that, I was like, "Geez, man, that's like like the end of Futurama season finale." I'm like, because I don't know if you guys watched Futurama, Kenzar. I think I heard you say that you have. Absolutely, I've watched it's Futurama. Like every time they end that series, man, it's like I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> As you were saying that, all I could think of was the episode where Farnsworth's parents got plugged into a simulation world. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. So that's it. Grayson, thank you for coming on, man. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, of course, guys. It's long overdue. Um, And it's nice to finally... Yeah, talk with Jeff and Kenzar too. Um, I got to say, this whole experience has been kind of surreal. When I heard you guys, Jeremy, giving your little spiel at the beginning of the episode, and then Jacob, you know, coming in, it's just like introducing the hosts. So I've heard that so many times now in my ears. And then to realize, like, oh man, I got to talk here in a second. You know, that's pretty. (laughs) It's kind of cool. 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 (laughs) Yeah, it's very cool. So thank you guys. I, I appreciate the invite. Hey, absolutely. Like I said, we'll uh once we get everything hammered out for the for like a really good deep dive into simulation theory where we're dumping out all the evidence and going over all the quantum physics and theories and stuff. Um, we'll have you back on. But I think that this was a fun little experiment. You know, this was uh wasn't something that I was initially wanting to do. For Grayson's first episode on the show, because I, I I was really working hard to try to get this all hammered out for him so that he can come on and have his mind blown and, you know, give him the infinite rabbit hole experience. But this conversation was cool. It was really cool. I uh, enjoyed all of your points of views and you guys did not disappoint. <laughs> so, I love these free flow conversations, man. This, this is my favorite uh way to do things well don't get used to them jeff 
Man. <laughs> yeah, Grayson, don't get worked up too worked up over it. It's probably not even real anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, this kind of uh wraps up what would normally be our season break. Um so these free form chat conversation episodes that Jeff loves so much. Um, we will probably throw a few more in whenever we need a break because we're, we're moving to a new, new format, but we have some really exciting interviews coming up next week. We'll be talking to Sarah Cooper of the Snallygaster Museum in Frederick County, Maryland. She is the owner of the only female run cryptid museum in the world. And she is a wealth of knowledge into the Snallygaster. And it's going to be a lot of fun. She is she is in the world of cryptozoology, CryptidCon, travels and does all of this cool stuff. You know, kind of reminiscent of Asher's in a, in a way. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I really do look forward to that. And I look forward to presenting that to the travelers of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Before we go, does anybody else have anything to say to all the people listening in tonight? Come to the group. Yes. Come join us on the Facebook group. We're dropping fire and blowing each other's minds with about giant tadpoles and six foot (laughs) apes and all kinds of craziness. Yeah. Definitely check it out. Buy a shirt or become a monthly supporter, man. Gas prices are crazy. And it costs me a lot to drive all yeah, the way out to my Jake's drive to do the show. From the living room to the office is intense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, I hit the mic. You're fired. I know, I know. All right. Well, if nobody else has anything else to say, Grayson again, thanks, man. Really do Thank appreciate you, so you coming on. Jake, Jeff, Kenzer, it's always a pleasure. And I can't wait to jump into I can't say the new season. It's just going to be 2022's version of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Uh, Thank you all for sticking with us for so long. And next week starts the new journey. Thank you for meeting us at this point in the Infinite Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Grayson, you got to say bye. Bye. There it is. Thank you.